friends welcome to the dimension of our midnight cake a weekly transmission from the nexus of realities i'm soltis and joining me are my friends and fellow transdimensional beings beaches i am here again <laughs> and doug you know i was thinking it's it's too bad the ring doesn't protect you from having your fingers cut off Just or bit off yeah <laughs> does anybody remember that song from the uh, the animated one frodo of the nine fingers <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you want to be remembered that's right <laughs> not for anything else that you did to save the world but you just a physical you. deformity <laughs> yeah. forget the saving the world he has nine fingers <laughs> what, a, what a freak what a weirdo <laughs> the lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring is a 2001 epic fantasy adventure film directed by peter jackson from a screenplay by fran walsh Philippa Boyens, and Jackson, based on 1954's The Fellowship of the Ring, the first section of the novel, The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. The film is the first installment in The Lord of the Rings cinematic trilogy. It features an ensemble cast including Elijah Wood, Ian McKellen, Liv Tyler, Viggo Mortensen, Sean Astin, Kate Blanchett, John Rhys Davies, Billy Boyd, Dominic Monaghan, Orlando Bloom, Christopher Lee, Hugo Weaving, Sean Bean, Ian Holm, and Andy Serkis. Set in Middle-earth, the story tells of the Dark Lord Sauron, who seeks the One Ring, which contains part of his soul, in order to return to power. The ring has found its way to the young hobbit Frodo Baggins. The fate of Middle-earth hangs in the balance as Frodo and eight companions, who form the Fellowship of the Ring, begin their journey to Mount Doom in the land of Mordor, the only place where the ring can be destroyed. There are so many interesting facets about this production, as well as Tolkien's work in and of itself. But one of the things that I found interesting was The Fellowship of the Ring was co-financed and distributed by American studio New Line Cinema, but filmed and edited entirely in Jackson's native New Zealand, concurrently with the other two parts of the trilogy. The film was acclaimed by critics and fans alike who considered it to be a landmark in filmmaking and an achievement in the fantasy film genre. It received praise for its visual effects, performances, Jackson's direction, screenplay, musical score, costuming, set design, just everything. Like its successors, The Fellowship of the Ring received numerous accolades. At the 74th Academy Awards, it was nominated for 13 awards, including Best Picture, and winning for Best Cinematography, Best Makeup, Best Original Score, and Best Visual Effects. In 2007, the American Film Institute named it one of the 100 greatest American films in history, being both the most recent film and the only film released in the 21st century to make it to the list at the time. In 2021, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. The film was followed by The Two Towers in 2002 and by The Return of the King in 2003. The Fellowship of the Ring was filmed on a budget of $93 million and grossed over $880 million at the time of its release. Our discussion of... The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, will focus primarily on the production of the film. There are so many aspects that we could discuss with 
not only the films, but Tolkien's work in general. And we could easily be here for four semesters worth of classes. So attempting to narrow it down into a more digestible format and time period of about roughly half an hour is no small feat. Speaking of, if you happen to enjoy our discussions and would like to contribute or get in contact with us, consider visiting our website at ourbinnightcake.com, liking, subscribing, and sharing the transmission with your friends. Now, once again, I must apologize to the fans of Idiocracy as that discussion has been bumped yet again. However, we do have something that we think you'll enjoy. We will join together in the nexus between realities to discuss Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal, the American adult animated action horror television series created for Cartoon Network's late night programming block Adult Swim. So this is a discussion of uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, the movie version. Yes, yes, we will do our best to not reference the books and try and talk about this as its own entity, which will be very sure. difficult because it's, it's, it's uh, very hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> confession time. I have not read that book. So well, it won't be so hard for Doug. So it won't be so hard. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm ready. I was actually, uh, I was listening to an audio book of it. I've just been listening to it when I smoke my pipe and uh, it's really awesome. Like the guy sings all the songs and stuff. It's like really cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's really neat. Who does the narration for it? I can't remember his name now, but it, I mean, it's like all the voices. He's like chewing the scenery. It's great. So I've done maybe like a few hours of it. There's a version of The Hobbit that is narrated by Andy Serkis that mm. I absolutely love. He is a phenomenal actor, but also phenomenal with voices and narration. And more so than Golem, I really enjoy his voices for the dwarves mm. and, and, uh, anyway we're getting off on a tension yeah, we are. That's, that sounds awesome though we're that not just awesome. talking Noted. about the book we're talking about the wrong book <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go fail. and now it's a quote from the silmarillion uh. <laughs> as we stated previously in our last transmission we are fans of the movies i'd like to know because I know I saw this first with uh, you and Lumbador. Uh, when did you finally see this, Doug? Was it you know, straight away in the theaters? or I did see it in the theater, and I think I've watched it one other time Okay. since then. So it's actually been a while since I've seen it. I saw it with them in the theater, and then I saw it the very next day with my family. And then I saw it two weeks later with a, a good friend. And then I tried to watch it three months later when it came to the hometown theater. That's what oh, I call right. the, th the three and a half times because I I, I was uh, uh, powering through a kidney stone and it just didn't work out. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. <laughs> I got the I got the theatrical DVD version. I got the extended DVD version, and eventually bought the extended Blu-ray version. So I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Uh, watching it over the weekend. Oh yeah, I saw the extended version in the theater once as well. Kind of, I kind of <laughs> split it into to two days. I see that. I think I've seen the extended before. I might have watched that with Lumberdor once at some point. I think. But I don't remember the extended version different. for the 
fellowship is good. I don't like the mm-hmm. beginning as much. I don't like what they how they changed the beginning. I think I prefer the theatrical put, cut better. But some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff they add into the uh, extended version, I enjoy. I can't say that about everything extended throughout the trilogy, but for the fellowship, I, I do prefer that version. When I watched it this time, I remember it. I thought it ended abruptly the first time I saw it. I mean, even though oh, obviously yeah. it's the part of a trilogy, I didn't get I didn't get that feeling this time watching. That's it a good reason. question. Since you had not read the books, were you aware that it was a trilogy, or you know, as we've discussed, not really yeah. a trilogy, but I, broken I did up. know I did know there was going to be two more movies. You know, when I okay, saw it, okay. so it ended like that. Everyone like groaned, and I was like, "There's two more movies." Boys. <laughs> <laughs> But I think this time, especially, it felt fine to me. You know, as we said, you, you, about, could, you could tell in the theater who, who was not aware that there were more the, movies. The coming. wind <laughs> came out of the room for some people. <laughs> but it made me think about, you know, when you see a superhero movie and they like cram all the origin in at the beginning mm-hmm. so they can get to the movie. I feel like yeah. this whole movie is like the origin story. Like this whole movie is a setup for like what the real story is. It's kind of what it feels like to me. It's like they're they're being patient enough to have a whole film that builds the world and sets up this ring and what it is and tells you about like Frodo and Sam and it creates this bond between the other characters to go save Mary and Pippin and it like it's getting down to business later in a way. A good forty minutes of the Return of the King is what do you call it the the denouement. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that when you've got fifteen hours of movie. <laughs> I guess so, you know, but in a way I like, I came to the end. I was like, this is like three hours of like setup for something yeah. big. Yeah. It's kind of what this movie amounts to, but it's really good and fun to watch too. So that's, that's more the vibe I got this time. I was thinking more about this is setting up this big grand story rather than like it cuts off quickly. And I don't know. I appreciate the patience of that. I think that's really cool. What did you think of the prologue? I think that's pretty well summarized for the film. Mm-hmm. I thought it's, so too. I kind of right? have to cram, you, to cram a little. You, you certainly don't get a real Hobbit sense of there. the time, but that's that's true across the entire uh, three movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like too. Like I hate to keep comparing this to superhero movies. Just like you don't need a freaking like Spider-Man origin all the time. I feel like you can condense like the Hobbit stuff, and you can be kind of quick with it. But I think it explains it really well. I think it we said quickly, this. That what one of my first interactions with Saltus about this was him saying something about why wouldn't they do the Hobbit first? Mm, yes. <laughs> but for having made that choice already, I think they incorporate bits and pieces of the Hobbit into this film well enough that you get a sense of uh, Bilbo and that history. Mm-hmm. For example, at his birthday party and he's sitting there so and the he's entertaining the kids, great. telling about his adventures and almost being eaten by trolls. I love the birthday stuff where he like blows the smoke ring and then Gandalf blows the the ship through it like (laughs) there's just so many nice little moments that's something else i think i appreciated watching this again is they still take the time for like those little touches like uh one of the things i always thought was super cool i mean this is kind of jumping around but like when they're going through the snow like legolas walks on top of the snow Mm -hmm. you know he's not like sunk down like everyone else i just i love those little touches like that throughout it or like the smoke ring and the ship one upsman ship like those little I like that we can allow for that, but not that he can walk across the tops of CGI rocks as they're falling. <laughs> <laughs> no way. It's too much. 
if you're going to allow <laughs> physics to differ in one way. <laughs> sure. He's a spiritually light being. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Something else that really stood out to me, how, and this is an obvious thing, but how awesome Christopher Lee is. Is Christopher Lee not awesome? Well, he is the man. My oh, gosh. Yeah. I was reading, I was poking around on the source of all knowledge earlier, and he actually met J.R.R. Tolkien before. <gasps> he did everything, though. And apparently read oh, these yes. books like once Everything a year. you can do in a life. <laughs> so like for him, it was, I was like, I'm sure a very personal, very big honor to be able to be in a movie. And also a constant source of. Uh, uh, if not um, imperfectly. Wink, wink. <laughs> anxiety where they were just, why are we doing this? Why are we messing with this? Why are we changing this? <laughs> True. <laughs> but he is so great in this. He is so good. My only problem with Christopher Lee is I don't think there's ever a moment where you believe that he's this, you know, wise head of the order that's not about to do something evil. <laughs> oh, he instantly feels menacing. Yes. yes. <laughs> Ugh, what is the guy? Who's the guy that's Bilbo? Is it Ian Holm? Is that what is yeah. his name? Yeah, yeah. Gosh, he's another one that watching this again, I, I think I appreciated him more. It was a story that he had played Bilbo or Frodo before in a uh, a popular oh. radio broadcast of the Lord of the Rings. Interesting, interesting. Because I love the stuff with him and Gandalf. I think it was Frodo like, when he's packing up to leave. You know, and he's like, "Oh, it's in that envelope." He's like, "It's not over here." He's like, "Oh, oh, it's in my pocket." Oh, he plays that so well. Oh, that might be one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Just the way he's like. Well, why why shouldn't I keep it if it's in my pocket? You know, it's I like mean, the way it corrupts yeah. you is amazing. He he really perfectly demonstrates the power of the ring over even, you know, one of these hobbit creatures. It's just they seem so good and simple. And yet he just he just can't let go of that thing. And just like his body language, the way his eyes kind of subtly shift around. Like it's all I think oh, that's the, so the awesome. The acting is it's incredible. Fantastic. And, and the direction is great. Mm -hmm. And on that, how they deal with the height differences and the camera tricks and the compositing ah, the perspective and the shots stuff. and everything is really well done. I love that. I love that like you have this like massive budget and all the CG and stuff and the forced perspective shots are still in there. It's like the old school tricks that work, you know? It's it is a cool. movie where you can really enjoy the, the behind the scenes material mm -hmm. almost mm -hmm. as much as the actual film. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. The orcs, that's another thing. The orcs look incredible. I do not remember the makeup being that awesome, but they look great. And distinct. Each one that like they'll have all these like different piercings or variations on their ear or their nose. This is just fantastic. I love it. To say nothing of the costuming. Oh, yes. I love the reveal of Strider when they're in the inn and he just is there with the hood and the, the church warden mm. pipe. It's just awesome. He didn't have to do anything. You just like had to look at him. You're like, that's a bad dude right there. Yep. You know, <laughs> somehow they just communicate it. I don't know what it is. Like you say, it's the shot, the costuming, like everything just works. Oh, I can't pronounce her name. Najila <laughs> Dixon, uh, joined Close the crew as costume designer. She and 40 seamstresses would create 19,000 costumes, 40 wow. per version for the actor and their doubles, wearing them out for an impression of age. And they are oh, that's magnificent. Right. You have a journey with multiple stages of wear and tear. You have stunt doubles. I mean, gosh, this is stuff you don't think about. 
That's incredible. Yeah, stunt doubles, body doubles, and it's all got to look right. If I remember correctly, there were behind the scenes specials and the audience would be taken on a tour of the costumes. All of the embroidery is hand-stitched. For example, on Aragon's shirt, the way that it's laced is so that travelers in hot weather could undo the laces and then they'd have a, they'd either be vented or be able to be to go sleeveless. And it's all these, it's all these things that it's unreal. You know, maybe he's wearing a coat the whole time and you don't even notice, but it's still there. There was no grabbing this stuff from a, from a surplus department somewhere. They, they uh, if it was going to exist in Middle Earth, they were going to make it. Yeah. I saw something recently that I, I saw the, I haven't seen anything else, but I saw the first season of the Witcher and apparently I didn't notice this, but his sword is very fake and it's something that fans were apparently pretty upset about, but you won't get that in the Lord of the Rings. Such a heavy amount of detail just to see even something like that. I mean, it's just unreal. The amount of oh. hours they must have spent. That's incredible. Well, and like six weeks before the actual start of filming, the principal actors went through all these different courses on swordsmanship, horsemanship. Mm-hmm. Courses, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Had to properly you know, canoe <laughs> and manage boats. Look, your canoeing technique has to be on point or they'll know you're a fraud. But you were talking about the canoe, um, like, like joking, but I mean, honestly, when real people involved in like archery go back and watch things like Hawkeye, and they make fun of the way he holds the bow. I mean, and I'm sure he took some amount of like uh, how to do that warm up, but it's it's stuff that really affects the movie for certain people. Mm-hmm. That's true. I cannot think of how many times I've seen some action sequence, and it's supposed to be a SWAT team going in or you know doing a room clearance. All I can think of is no, 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 don't do that. No, you're muzzling that guy. You gotta. That's not how you stack up. You, gotta, you know that 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 kind of thing. That kind of attention to detail really shines through. And speaking to the different scenes and sets, like Hobbiton was constructed like a year or something before filming. Wow! So that they could have all the crops planted, and then they'd be mm. ready to harvest, and everything looked lived in. And I don't know that there are many productions that would do that today. That's something I kept thinking of when I was watching this. Well, you would think the Hobbit would just duplicate what they did in the Lord of the Rings, but they didn't. No, so they did much not. more was <laughs> digital in that film. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the digital the effects for this film, I think pretty much everything still holds up. I think it holds up really well. At least if you remember the uh, Harry Potter movie that came out around the same time, both these movies had trolls in them. <laughs> yes. One. Yeah. The one in Harry Potter looks like a cartoon. <laughs> no, like, like the fight with the troll, like they keep cutting to the actual actors or actual mm-hmm. Frodo really get stabbed with something, you know, like they do those little, it's it's like the old school effects, like when they cut from like a claymation thing or something to like the actual actor <laughs> fending off a limb or whatever. They have those little ways of keeping it grounded. I think it helps a ton with how it ages. Yeah, yeah. The Balrog is is frightening. Ah, dude, the Balrog looks so cool. And not that just whole fight I mean, is amazing. Not not just the look of it, but you know the lead up. They do at least in the short amount of time they have to present the Balrog. They do the whole you know don't show the shark thing, and you mm-hmm. get it in these noises and the way the orcs react. And, to the it. light coming, like the, 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 the way freaking Legolas re- reacts to it. Yeah, 
Gandalf's hesitation to go through Moria at all. Mm, right. Yeah. And for as much as Peter Jackson has changed from the book to the movie, I do think that he made judicial use of these changes to affect the pacing in a positive way. Yeah. Mm. I won't argue that he told the same story that the book did exactly, but uh, I think they decided on a story that they were going to set out to tell and they did a good job of it. I'm finding it difficult not to reference the books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back and forth. I like this. I, I was just, I was like, in, I was in the like, books, this happens, that in the books in the movie, that like, happens. like, like, uh, uh, Gandalf's whole plan was going to Moria, right? <laughs> there was not so much the hesitation, but yes, that's the books. That's the books. I don't know. The, the production is phenomenal. The music great iconic the music now. so awesome yes that's another thing i thought of watching it this time i appreciated the the repetition in the theme throughout at certain moments like howard shore man yeah, oh, yeah. things that i totally missed before i think it's well paced it's well edited the editing's incredible cinematography is excellent mm. anybody who had a hand in any aspect of this film should be very proud you did wonderful work. Thank you. <laughs> Except uh, for the thanks. guy who forgot to cover up Saruman's broken thumb in that one scene. <laughs> 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 we see you bandaged hand. <laughs> what was your favorite part of this film? Sean Bean dies as he should. As he should in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's something else I thought watching this. This poor guy gets killed off in everything. <laughs> He's very good at it. He is excellent. Great. He's this great, like, noble, tragic character. He's a script for a character that doesn't die. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I think I think what you're saying just about the the performances, like Christopher Lee standing out to me again, Ian Holmes standing out to me again. You know, I really like uh John John Rides Davies. I oh yes, I love him. Like that's another one that's still, I feel like those performances and how they brought those characters together and how their camaraderie kind of grew throughout the movie. So that at the end, it's like, you know what? They have to go complete this mission on their own, but we're going to mm. go get Mary and Pippin. We're freaking doing this. There's something about the way it brought everything together to that point and then split off that I really appreciated. I think individual scenes like uh, like I said earlier, the stuff with Bilbo at the beginning I loved. Also, Gandalf fighting that Balrog is like, I like I think like one of the iconic scenes. That's that, that is some iconic cinema from, yeah. from this movie. It's like you say the buildup of like the chamber lights up. Wouldn't you say they she hear the shall noise. not pass is the most quoted line from this movie? Oh, from this trilogy, easily, yeah, easily. You know, and even the foreshadowing. I mean, we get it more later. But like the way they treat Gollum is like this subtle in the shadows and it builds, you know, I also think there's a real sense of menace of the ring that's established in this movie that I didn't appreciate, like different characters calling it precious throughout, like Bilbo does, Isildur does, you know, of course, Gollum does, like you kind of see this like seeping corruption that it sets, it sort of creates this like set of unease. I don't know, I, I got a lot out of watching it again how cautious frodo needs to be that yeah that it, like it wants really to be feel, found and, and when he puts like when he puts it on just like the way it seems like painful i am curious what you guys think of the effect of when he puts on the ring like the way the world kind of i mean it feels like violent wearing the ring feels like a violent 
yeah, like oppressive thing. Like I really got that vibe where I think I almost overlooked it kind of foolishly before. It's like, oh, he's in ring mode. He's both invisible and exposed all at once. Yeah, right? It's like you're invisible yeah. to the world around you and you're exposed to all the evil. And like you can feel it. Kind of, kind of makes you wonder how Bilbo would use this as a joke. Or to or to hide from relatives or something. Right. It's like, well, this is worth it. Click. Waka <laughs> you know, waka. <laughs> okay, so um, I could be wrong, but wasn't that it that Sauron's power had not he had not come back as much then, so the ring didn't have quite the same effect over Bilbo. Oh, there could be that, increased that potency. Very well, could be. I could take that. Incidentally, what did you think of the representation of Sauron as? A literal eye. Now, this is something else I wanted to ask about. And this does involve referencing the book. <laughs> but, you know, you have Sauron as this big, armored, <laughs> crazy dude. And then you have more that he's like a presence or a spirit or something in the reemergence. Like, do we ever get like a physical representation of him in the books? Or is that something they had to do for this film? Because I wondered, like, is he human and corrupted by this thing? Like, what is he? That's a whole other thing. I, I, can't, I can't really go into <laughs> we the don't have whole to go history of, of Sauron. And and he's the, the chief lieutenant of Morgoth. And, and he, <laughs> Sauron's like his, what, lieutenant on, on Middle okay. Earth or something. <laughs> so we have something that's kind of <laughs> A servant of some sort. That gets this ring that becomes all-powerful, vanquished. And then we have, though, his some potency left from this that he's returning and he's described as the eye. Yes, he is. Okay. Uh, think of it like a phylactery, like a lich's mm. phylactery or. Uh, I, I hate, hate to say it, but I the ring is sort it. of like a horcrux. A horcrux. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Harry we're Potter, just, for that. <laughs> we're all just copying Tolkien and it's all good. I'm sure he copied no, no, someone that's too. The, that's true. Like. Like yeah, the fantasy genre, the modern fantasy genre as we know it, is thanks to Tolkien. And yeah, so yeah, I don't, I don't blame Harry Potter and Harry Potter at all for gleaning things from Tolkien because that's that's where it all started. I would recommend going to um, I can't remember the URL now, but his estate created a website around him that has like some in-person interviews with him and stuff, and they're super cool to watch. Mm -hmm. And it has a lot of his artwork like outside of Lord of the Rings. Just as an aside, it's worth seeking out and finding. It's super cool. What a crazy, talented human being. But I, li I like the image of the eye. It's interesting that you say that because it is. it seems unimaginative, right? It's kind of on the <laughs> nose. But it also, it's another thing that's kind of iconic to me that there's this fiery, burning thing that's watching you and it's evil. It's like you you know what it is when you see it, too. It's, it's certainly more cinematic than... Right. Yes, yes. Maybe that's, that's the way something, to put it. I, I can't. I, I don't think you can it, blame Peter Jackson for turning it into more of a physical representation. It's almost and like a movie, thing to say. Here it is. It's here like, now. If he had decided to actually have Sauron come out and fight Aragorn at the end, then it would have been like, no, you too much. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, you got to think a lot of people must have been expecting that, right? I would imagine so. Um, my my favorite bits of the movie are. I was going to say, what were some of your favorites, guys? I remember um, a while there. One hundred percent. We covered this, but the music. I I yeah. don't know if I said this before, but music can turn me on to a film that I otherwise 
mm. would not pay attention to it all. Now, yeah. I, of course, I, I love many other aspects of this movie, but the music. Well, but music, music can also totally take you out of a movie. It can totally take you out of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If it's this is good. one of the few films that I just I had to have the soundtrack of. Mm. I listened to it over and over and over that that oh the Shire Hobbit theme is is the most beautiful thing. Mm. Um, so uh, it's, it's and genuinely also, happy. It yes. is. Yes, it is. It's like it's quaint so perfectly and homey. You, I mean, if I visited that village and didn't hear that song, I'd be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a child whistling this somewhere? There's gotta be. <laughs> The other part would be Gandalf's conversation with Frodo and Moria. That's so beautiful. <laughs> that is one heck of yeah. Good, good on that, man. You know that reminds me of something I paid attention to in this rewatching that I had not thought about before. In that, when Bilbo announces to the council uh, in Rivendell that he'll take the ring. There are lots of varied reactions. Gandalf is is a bit, you know, um, it seems to hurt him a little bit. You know, he, he hates that this is what has to happen. Most of them because seem he very... He understands the gravity of Most of, of them seem decision. just shocked. But they spend a beat focusing on Gimli's face. And his is more, like, impressed. And I was thinking this mm. time that, you know, it would be the son of one of Bilbo's dwarves that would think a little bit more highly of a hobbit than the rest of the people here right (laughs) yeah nice i I don't know if that that was the intention but it 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 came off that way so what of uh what of samwise what do you guys think about old samwise gamgee oh rudy um he was certainly the kid from the goonies super well cast right (laughs) i love the line at the end when frodo's like i'm going to mordor alone he goes yes you are and i'm coming with you like that's just like that's him. That's, and just, that's I'm coming who he with is. you. <laughs> I made a promise, and just, and so dang it, I'm gonna do it. And that's like just, that's just decides what he knows. to drown if that's what it. <laughs> you know, it's it sets him up for like what he does later. I think it's it's cool. Super well cast, though. I agree, Soltis. I, I, like I think one of my favorite Sam moments. I I think this is actually from Two Towers, though, where Faramir asks if he's his bodyguard. He goes, "I'm his gardener." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's a fun movie. As different as it is from the book, I enjoy it as its own entity. I would recommend it. <laughs> totally, totally worth watching. I mean, how many great fantasy movies like this? It's just so every part of it is so well done on such a scale, like such a crazy scale. I mean, definitely watch Kroll the Conqueror, but don't expect <laughs> don't expect this kind of quality out of Kroll the Conqueror. The miniature work is astounding. Mm. I I mean, is there ever a scene where you're like, that's a model? No, I I know in retrospect what were models. What what is, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, but but it's even just... then in the film. It's it's masterful. They just know the detail to go into and how to film it totally to make it look like a real set. It's it's ah oh, so impressive. You have like this large scale, like big budget thing, but it, so then in a sense it's a passion project. I mean, that's why oh, yeah. you see all these touches in it that we love that modern movies are missing because they're all just what, what you see in it stupid crap is um Peter Jackson's love for I mean, there are so many of the um, 
scenes, some of the iconic scenes in the animated versions that he incorporated into this mm. because mm-hmm. he had been such a longtime fan of, uh, of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Because I did. I sat just kind of marveling even at how did he get away with this? How does this exist? How did he end up <laughs> doing this? Oh, it was I mean, a seriously. huge risk. Huge risk. Incredible. And and it becomes so iconic. Like like you say like that, you shall not pass, you know, like my kids quote that even though they haven't seen this movie. <laughs> you know, it's like, it really is. It's like, like we would quote old movies when we were kids that maybe we hadn't seen yet. It's like one of those movies now. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug, thank you, and good night. First, I'd like to apologize uh, to Paca for ever enjoying <laughs> the Peter Jackson film trilogy. <laughs> I don't know if you were able to to listen to the last week's episode yet, Doug, but uh, <laughs> I have not. He, he is not a fan. <laughs> oh gosh! And now I'll limit really for Tom Bombadil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that your character has been preserved inside of. Tolkien's work. <laughs> uh, Notes-wise, that's really all I have. That's the stuff. We that don't have to see the uh, the Michael Keaton version of Tom Bombadil. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Keaton version <laughs> wouldn't have been Michael Keaton because didn't they? No, they didn't only cast British people, so it could have been Michael Keaton. Oh, have you guys seen Dead Alive or I have um, not? Bad Taste or any of those. I have I have not seen any of Peter Jackson's early movies. Peter Jackson there, was just Lord of the Rings, and then he existed for you, right? And then, <laughs> that was it. And then, he much. Did, then he did his a little rough, King buddy. Kong and he stopped existing. He fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah, that's his his movie King Kong is one of those where you know, like Peter Griffin in the theater, done, <laughs> walked out. I mean. Like, it's got some impressive things, but wow, wow, what a what an indulgence! <laughs> yeah. so are either of you looking forward to the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power on Amazon? I don't even know what's going on with it. I don't even know. I know nothing about it. I don't think they know what's going on with it. So they're creating I, new stories that exist in this universe, this world. Is that what they're doing? They appear to be making use of character names and. Uh, places that do exist in middle earth but uh, doing their own things with them so they're not adapting other stories from him they're like hey let's it make seems like they, they, place i don't made. know what did they spend half a billion dollars acquiring the rights of just I don't know because it's because, because now the it? rights have passed to a swedish game company I was yeah, confused yeah, they, by that as well <laughs> i was like how is amazon making a series of the rights i don't know well, I, uh, early on, I think we all thought it was basically uh, the Silmarillion, right? And then come to find out that's, they don't have rights to the Silmarillion, just to vague things from the appendices set in the Second Age. Yeah. Is kind of the idea. That's, I, uh, that's it. <laughs>
And then they know. decided it could be it could be one of those things of where Thrones. if you cover up the title, it might be fantastic. But it's I think um it's not gonna be something that pleases Tolkien fans, what, I don't the, think. The first the first season of the boys and that cool D D adaptation thing we did, or maybe the only things that I've enjoyed that ever since. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I liked She Hulk. <laughs> I'm sorry. You watched She Hulk. <laughs> I did. Serious? I did. I liked it. I thought I'm a that's, a, that's a whole conversation for another Wait, time. No, I'm, Daredevil. I'm, I'm interested. No, no Daredevil that. yet. No Daredevil yet. This was apparently the uh, the Bruce episode. 